Welcome to the Dividend Cafe weekly market commentary focused on dividends in your portfolio and dividends in your understanding of economic life. Hello and welcome to today's COVID and Markets podcast brought to you by the Dividend Cafe of the Bonson Group. This is David Bonson. It is Wednesday. The market is closed. Most of the health data has come in and we're sitting here kind of processing uh, another day as we uh, get closer to post-COVID life in America. Um, markets today, the Dow was up 230 points. It opened up 350. Keep in mind, yesterday it was up 460. Markets have been on a tear. Um, I've talked quite a bit about, I think, the statement markets have made against a lot of the sensationalism that is very evident in the public square right now. Uh, around COVID and by sensationalism. That's not a term I use to suggest denialism. It's a term I use to suggest a lack of equilibrium and a lack of honest objectivity around the state of affairs where, of course, a very serious pandemic persists, requiring tremendous grown-up efforts to mitigate and help us advance to the next uh, phase of American life. And yet, right now, I think uh, investors and and citizens alike are looking for accurate information and dependable data to make decisions off of. And in the meantime, the market, for whatever signal it is worth, uh, has been quite resilient around the case growth uh, that we have seen over the last now about six weeks. Um, it's been quite some time, and if you recall the concerns that um, we would see a real big outbreak in deaths that would come two weeks later or or then you know another two weeks or then another two weeks what have you um we we have definitely seen in a couple states some increase in mortalities but just a fraction of the growth of cases as the pandemic has appeared to be less and less lethal and and another way of saying that um, is infecting more and more healthy people. And by the way, it's entirely possible that it's both things, not one or the other. So that's where we are. Let me go into some details here because the vaccine talk was a big part of today's market action and a lot of the overnight futures. Um, if I remember correctly this morning, and it's weird being here in New York because um, I'm used to futures being much more reliable in the sense that I, you know, it's still an ungodly hour, but at 3.15 in the morning in California, it's only three hours away from the markets opening, where when I'm getting up here in New York, the markets are not opening for six more hours. And so I just always have to kind of remind myself that some of the futures action I see pre-market between 3.30 and 6.30 um, is not quite as dependable, you know, that you're going to get a little bit more true up into fair value of markets going into the actual uh, opening of the exchanges, which is of course at 9.30 Eastern time. And and so the futures were up here in New York about 500 points, the market opened in the cash market up 350, we closed up 230 and and there was a lot of zigging and zagging going on along the way. but that vaccine news from Moderna that we talked about uh, yesterday was certainly the big story. Again, 45 people in the um, initial human clinical trial and all 45 demonstrating um, uh, overwhelming antibodies 
with overwhelming um, uh, good news on side effects. Overwhelming good news, as I read deeper, did not mean no side effects, by the way. It just meant where there were side effects, they were mild or moderate. And, and I will uh, quote from Anthony Fauci himself, um, who, you know, this trial, by the way, was run by the National Institute for Allergy and, and Infectious Diseases, which, which, of course, Dr. Fauci runs. Um, the hallmark of vaccine is one that can actually mimic natural infection and induce the kind of response that you would get with natural infection. And it looks like, at least in this limited small number of individuals, that's exactly what's happening. The data really looked quite good. There were no serious adverse effects. So, you know, it's hard not to be encouraged by that. Um, there is a type of person in the world who can find anything to not be encouraged by, and I'm sure that they uh, will be able to do that with this as well. Um, the phase three trial for this treatment begins on July 27th, and then that's when it starts to get more real. But I read a rather extensive story this morning as well on ongoing developments that have not got quite the news coverage yet because it isn't linked to a particular study, but they're actually ahead of even this other um, Moderna vaccine venture, and that's the University of Oxford's project it's a joint venture with uh, the Jensen Institute, and then they've now signed with AstraZeneca for uh, distribution and manufacturing. They're preparing to be able to move 2 billion doses out of the gate uh, if uh, at some point they get approval. Um, an 1,100-person human trial already took place, and then a 10,000-person efficacy trial is next. Um, like remdesivir, which is the viral therapeutic that Gilead discovered, but they were out of them doing R&D for Ebola about six years ago, five or six years ago. That's kind of the fruits of the R&D for this Oxford project as well, albeit it's a vaccine, not a therapeutic. But um, they seem to be pretty strategically assembled and, and impressive. So there's good news on the vaccine front. Um, I found this number fascinating. You may not. I actually suspect there's some that might not necessarily have it grabbed them the way it did me. So it's all relative. Uh, it doesn't make you right or wrong or me right or wrong. But in the last week, seven calendar days, uh, the U.S. has tested four and a half million people, uh, excuse me, 4.6 million people for COVID in all of 2018, 19, and what has been of 2020 so far, we've tested a hundred thousand less than that, four and a half million for the flu. So that's in one week, we've done almost three years worth of flu testing within COVID give you just some scope for what our, our, our testing is right now, which I hope will help you understand a lot of the math of the case growth because of the vast testing pool, the extraordinary amount of very mildly and even asymptomatic people that we're catching in positive tests. Um, I don't wanna make a big deal of this because I really don't know enough to read into it, um, but uh, 39 deaths were removed from the state of Washington's toll yesterday after being determined that the prior reports were not from COVID-19. I'm reading that quote from the, the statement. So I haven't figured out yet how someone undied from COVID or how they wrongly 
were classified, what that exactly means, if it's a paperwork error or a medical error. I don't know how systemic it may be happening other places, but I want to be very clear. I don't have any reason to believe it is, but I think it's just something noteworthy that I'm going to kind of follow up on the best I can. Um, I do think hospitalizations are stabilizing. I know they're stabilizing in Arizona. They haven't declined to the, the degree that we'd like it to. Um, I had a source today indicate that uh, authorities there are, are getting substantially fewer calls around capacity constraints. Um, and certainly the numbers, uh, now three weeks later, the ICU beds are the same. And that's with tens of thousands of new cases. And they're at the same ICU use that they were three weeks ago. So, you know, there's a half full and half empty dimension there because those ICU cases are not dropping. Um, but that's with a whole lot of new cases. And yet it hasn't moved higher. So, again, suggesting the ability to withstand hospital um, capacity concerns. And, and I think that you got to look at that positively. On a similar note, by the way, 79% uh, of Florida hospital beds, 82% of ICU beds were being used a week ago. They've had a big week of case growth, and they're at 79% of hospital beds and 81% of ICU beds. So actually a mild tick down in usage of both on a percentage basis. Uh, positive. Okay, um, I do have a chart for Orange County in COVID and markets today. Uh, just showing their curve of case growth moving down dramatically in a seven-day average basis. And then really, really helpful data from the good folks at Houston Methodist Hospital Network, the premier network of major hospitals in Houston, Texas. This uh, took a little bit of research today, but again, uh, looking all the way through July 14th, which was yesterday, um, you know, tragically, there's been 200 plus deaths since COVID began, uh, 3,800 hospitalized, only 700 still hospitalized as 2,900 have been successfully discharged. So you're getting a lot of people coming in and getting out and you're getting a lot of people getting out, um, because in a quicker time frame. Okay. So moving on from to the market side of things uh, real quickly, uh, I think um, that we're going to get a, a, a real kind of clarity moment. I'm using the equal weighted S&P 500 and the Russell 2000 because it either takes away in the Russell's case or substantially marginalizes in the equal weight S&P's case the market impact of the big five tech stocks that are such a, a massive weighting in the S&P 500, you know, getting close to 25% of the index. And I think that um, what you see is this tight trading range uh, moving towards the higher end of that range, a very healthy consolidation. Uh, but eventually you get to a kind of decision point as that range narrows, will the market move higher from there or, or not? Um, and I, I don't care much what the overall index will do, but I think the reason I'm tracking it this way is it speaks to the, the health of the average stock in the market, which is a very different metric than the, average, than the overall index. And, and please email us if you need to understand that a little bit better, okay? 
Um, oil prices up to $41 today, both in the morning and at a closing basis. Uh, OPEC Plus meeting today. There will be more resolution around their meetings tomorrow. Why would oil be going higher when OPEC Plus is meeting to curb some of their production cuts, to kind of um, cut less, so to speak, because there seems to be a lot of indication that even though Russia and Saudi are going to go forward with, with curbing some of those cuts, it might get made up for by some of the cheater countries in OPEC Plus that didn't cut as promised in, April, in um, May and June, that they will make up some of that uh, production decrease. Um, and that seems to be a factor right now on the supply side. We'll get more data for you in the um, next day or two. Fed news, I, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, it's the first time I've seen a Fed governor, um, ex, this is Lel Brainerd, she explicitly came out supporting yield curve control. I will tell you that um, that is very likely actually something that has eked its way into equity markets over the last two days as we're up, you know, 750 more points. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, you've heard the Fed governor say things like, oh, yeah, we're looking at all options and we're wanting to understand the history. But this was a full-throated endorsement from a voting uh, governor in the Federal Open Market Committee. So worth paying attention to. Um, okay, I don't have futures data at this time, but I will tell you this. It's been a heck of a week and nothing has changed in my mind at all. That There'll be ongoing volatility. I do not get discouraged on down days. I do not get encouraged on up days. Uh, as of right now, we continue to not have any clients whose uh, financial goals end tomorrow. So to the extent we continue to manage for long-term goals and maintain a mentality and an approach to portfolio management that is harmonized with such, we will not get caught up in the zigs and zags of the moment but we will be prepared for, to expect more zigs and zags because this is the world we live in. With that said, thank you for listening to COVID and Markets. We ask that you share it with those you think may be interested in hearing. Uh, email us with any questions you have, covid at thebonsongroup.com. Thank you for listening. The Bonson Group is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk. There is no guarantee that the investment process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The Bonson Group and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date reference. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the Bonson Group and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. 
Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for any related questions.